Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out I was talking to my buddy the other day about a show that we went to in college. We saw the White Stripes at the Wang Theater in Boston. And I knew it was going to be good. I liked the White Stripes. I enjoyed them. I liked a lot of their tunes. I was not expecting how good it was It was going to be. The production, the performance, I would say top three, top five for sure shows I've ever seen. They, they all have a couple that like stick out to you like that. Yeah, I do. Neil, I'm trying to remember if you were with me. It's Center City Fest in Charlotte. Um, I ever, think I think I actually Fest? saw the Flaming Lips there. Okay, maybe it's, it may not have been in the same year, but it was Dylan and the Black mm, Crows. No, I did not see that one. And Dylan was proceeding with Black Crows, and Dylan was cool. I mean, I, I I'm such so into Dylan that I knew what to expect. The Black Crows came out, and it was like the third show of the tour, and it was a new album, and it was just I think just the perfect time. In uh, the tour being like the third show, it was April of uh, 01, and they came out, and it was just the most rock and rollist, badass, just like, holy shit, this (laughs) is what a live rock, and they had this guy uh, playing guitar um, who's from North Carolina, his name's Audley Freed, he's a big session player in Nashville, Dixie Chick, Shell, and just a ridiculous guitar player, playing lead, and like it, it just I was stunned and I remember like later on you know just still being in Charlotte I was talking to somebody in this chick and I was like yeah I saw the Center City Fest the Black Crows she's like I saw that show holy shit and I'm like right it wasn't just me she's like all I could think of <laughs> was I wanted to fuck Chris Robinson mm-hmm. that night and she's like my boyfriend was like I might would let you fuck Chris Robinson tonight. <laughs> that's how good that shit was. So it wasn't just me. It was definitely impressive. Uh, I was that's good. What, what about well, you, Neil? Well, I would say my favorite experience, it wasn't favorite musically, but the whole thing. I'm seeing Fish New Year's Eve 2000 down. Uh, so the whole Y2K, it was a three-day event in like the Everglades. And, uh, what was it called? Big Cypress. Other than that, I mean, that I... That Clapton and Winwood one we saw, Jonathan, was really good. I was just, it's good to see your hero fantastic. and they live up to it. You know, I was, I was worried. I'd seen him before and it yeah. wasn't as much as, had you seen him no, before? No, no. I was worried that uh, I was going to be disappointed, but I certainly was not. <laughs> that was fantastic. There's one more. There's just a story. Like um, there was this one night, um, my upstairs kind of landlord slash neighbor ran down, knocked on my door He's like, what are you doing? It was like a random Thursday night. I was like, just watching TV. He's like, Willie's playing at the Wiltern. You want to go right now? He's starting in like five minutes. And I was like, sure, whatever. And yes, I we do just jumped. We jumped in the car, <laughs> found tickets on the street, and walked in during his second song. And we were there and back in like an hour and a half. I was back on the couch, like watching the same show. Like, huh, I just went and saw Willie. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I... I mean, I, I definitely have a defined, probably top four shows that I've seen, and it it would be the White Stripes would be included. And I, and I will say, he he was just such a showman. Like he didn't look up the entire show, and we were up in the balcony of this theater. Everything was red and white, 
she was playing the drums over in the corner and he didn't look up until the very end and then he was he like tipped his hat and said thanks and walked off it was just took care of business it's funny neil actually because my other one or one of my other ones probably my number two is was also willie nelson uh it was on his 70th birthday actually and uh, it was in in hickory north carolina and i went and man it was his 70th birthday and he started out and it was solid and you know willie's played thousands of concerts and they're all solid but with this one it started out pretty you know just kind of putting it in the fairway as you know in, in, in the golf sense but man he just kept going and going and by the end he was like all right i gotta play one more song i got like i I got to play this song right now. He played for three hours, didn't take a break, sang almost every song on his 70th birthday, gave me his guitar. Oh, wow. That's great. (laughs) And I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) But he handed it to me. He saw me, and I was like, yeah, man, give me your pick. I could tell when he had time to look, because as a guitar player, I'm like, you have time now. Give me your pick. And he saw me do the gesture. And he walked over, and like somebody reached, and he moved around them and like handed it to me. And I was like, "Thanks, Willie." And then I used it in a recording session and lost it because I didn't have uh, a pick. And that's the only bastard. one I had. Da. Whatever. Um, I failed to mention that fish show. One thing that was so cool about it was they they came on at midnight, New Year's, and played until sunrise. So they played from midnight yeah. to like six thirty in the morning. So. Was there a highlight song from that show? Um, well, it was a three-day event, so... And, you know, after three days of being at a fish show and then the concert starting at midnight, um, it all was just one big, great song at that point. <laughs> <laughs> just one 36-hour I mean, song. I think in the morning when the sun was coming up, they were playing uh, Waiting in the Velvet Sea, which was perfect for, like, the morning light. That's funny. That's awesome. I saw my morning jacket at Red Rocks for two straight nights, which was just, uh, both nights were fantastic. This was probably 2012 or something. And then Pearl Jam in college, I saw mm. and at the Fleet Center. Mm. And I had never seen them before. I loved them. And they rocked. For some reason, they had Death Cab for Cutie open for them, which was just not what I wanted to see before Pearl I like Jam. Death Cab for Cutie. I think they're they're good. fine, but I didn't want to see them live. It's not before. way good. Right, right. It was, it was a because I was just like, get these guys off the stage. Come on. It's like, and, let me but, get a, uh, a fucking cheeseburger and let me get a, some hummus for a starter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, well, for me, I, I would have, I'll have hummus for a starter with anything. But oh, um, the, <laughs> Eddie Vedder is drinking this jug of wine like i i think it actually had like three Sweet, x's yeah. on it you know it was like a ceramic what? jug of wine three x's yeah it, it was just one of those Porn and wine. the whole the whole time he's just drinking it and so they come out for an encore he gives it this was when the west memphis three were still in jail he comes out and gives a spiel about west memphis the when he started doing that i don't think he was supposed to do that the venue sh- this and we're talking a giant basketball arena shut on all the lights and then they just ripped into a live, and everybody was just like, "Yeah, like, we're in it control." Was so kick ass. That's awesome. Um, and then I w- I'll say one more is I saw Radiohead at Bonnaroo in like 2006, mm. and unfortunately, my buddy I went with took some drugs and overheated and was in a tent, so I was just like by myself <laughs> watching. But they even have said over the years one of the best shows right before and Rainbows oh, came man. out, and it was. It probably my favorite show I've ever been to. It, it, it just They're every incredible. single song was I saw so it nasty. Center Barbara Bowl. Yep. And they just rock. I mean, they rock so hard. Neil, that Neil Young oh, man. show we saw. I totally was forgot that. Fantastic. That, was, uh, that might, oh that might God, shoot no, up yeah. to top three. It's with a bullet, right? Yeah. It's definitely that was a fucking. 
Uh, speaking of and, and Pearl Jam, I saw them with Ben Harper opening in probably 99, 2000. And at the end, I crowd surfed to the front of the stage and fucking <laughs> walked off. Sweet. And, crowd right, surfed? That's pretty Hey. Yeah, that was the only time I'd ever done it. And yeah, I crowd surfed all the way to the front and like walked off. And they were playing a song. I could never find the song. It drove me fucking crazy for about nine years. It was a Motorhead cover called Leaving Here. That's a good, ah. good song to check out. But Pearl Jam doing some Motorhead. They do some nice. great covers. They do good. They do. They do some good. Oh, yeah. Covers. The uh, Kids Are All Right is I used to listen to that in high school. It's so cool. Eddie, the way he sang that. It's great. I, and the, the Roger Waters tour that I know we didn't see the same Ooh. show, Jonathan, but that shit was. But that and that at the fucking. Uh, what was that thing called? The uh, old Coachella. No, it wasn't o- called Old that. Jella? Fuck you. That, that's for everyone who didn't go <laughs> said that. No, I wanted to go. If memory serves, uh, Roger Waters played chronologically. And they started out with, like, Set the Controls to the Heart of the Sun. And, oh, like, nice, yeah. And, like, N.G. Smith was the guitar player. And it was, like, totally shit. The only problem right now is that I'm in the audience instead of on the stage or off <laughs> to the side of the stage or backstage. <laughs> but somewhere, I don't want to be, I want to be back there. But everything else... It was oh, yeah. definitely um, ridiculous. Oh wait, what am I saying? I saw I know, the I know, Stones yeah. and the Echo with like two hundred people. Oh, that was yeah, that was that's my, that was the best show. I've that was never so good, you just forget <laughs> to mention it. It was more of an experience. Well, I got one. I don't know if I ever told y'all about this, but For a while $20. back, uh, my buddy in Venice here works at a uh, surf shop. He has like an office there at the surf shop. Anyway, he was like, "Yeah, I man, there's some pe- folks playing. You should come overnight to the surf shop." And like, I went over, and it's this guy Blake Mills, who's now a mm-hmm. famous producer. It was him and Jackson Brown. The last one I'll bring oh, up nice. is I saw the Flaming Lips at the Bowl in like 2008. And it was an amazing show. It was like when they, you know, they just put on such a cool show with the confetti cannons and all the all the people on stage and all kinds of, you know, it's, it's a great experience. And one thing I remember from that show was how cool the encore was because they covered War Pigs and just had like Bush and Cheney flashing on uh. the screens. Um, and they did it. They did it great. I mean, yeah, hell, hell yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, I oh, one one last thing I want to mention because this was a show I saw the Black Keys probably right after they released their first album at a sandwich shop in Memphis, and the sound was so bad I left because like it was just it was packed that's and probably had like forty people in there, but like the, the the speakers were all shitty, so we we took off. So yeah, it was like I saw the Black Keys right when they started, but I I left. Yeah, you can be playing your heart out. If the sound isn't there, uh, you look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, you are listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And speaking of the Flaming Lips, this week we will be discussing the Flaming Lips song, Do You Realize, uh, from from the early 2000s. <laughs> and stick around till the end. We have our good friend Mike Freeman uh, joining Neil to to perform the cover this week, and uh, he has a new album he released last year named Hindsight, and he just dropped a new single uh, separate from that called Full Throttle. You can find him on Spotify. Uh, that's Mike Freeman, F R I E M A N. Uh, he's also on Instagram at Mike Freeman. I picked this song because I think in some ways it's just, it's more than a song. It's just so profound, I I find it. 
the the lyrics and even the the musical production seems like a moment of clarity and just just the way it's all put together is about love and death and kind of all things in between and done in very few words it's one of those songs that uh in the right mood it can bring a tear to my eye i know when it first came out a couple of people i knew <laughs> cried when they first heard it it's just kind of one of those songs <laughs> that hits you uh it can hit you pretty hard and it's it's a good message I actually, I first first heard this uh, in college. It was, I think this album came out in 2002. My buddy Jeff had the record, and I had never heard of The Flaming Lips, and I really enjoyed it, like the whole album and this song especially, but I never really got into The Flaming Lips before or after this one specific album. So it was like, it was cool to, to revisit. It is a really good song, although, and we'll get into this, I feel like I preferred a, a stripped-down version of it. And I don't know if this one has aged well for me. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need to hear it again after this week. I can see the appeal of it. I, I dig the production. There are things I really dig about it. But I, I feel like ultimately it's built on one phrase that it just keeps coming back to. And it, it says it in a very interesting way and there's a certain profound element to it but it feels like profound the way the way I hear things are profound on drugs like it's a drug induced profound like, I don't know <laughs> what I don't know do you, I don't know if you guys have done drugs or not but from what I hear <laughs> people have said about drugs this feels man. this feels uh, this feels like a uh, like drug induced kind of wonder but, but, but it's well very done. eloquent, though. I, I think, I mean, I had written down, it's kind of like it's, some of it's kind of stoner-ish a little bit, but just some of the, the way they um, kind of just hit you with that, that line, you know, the, one of the biggest ones, um, you realize uh, everyone you know someday will die. But then what they say after that, um, you know, instead of saying all of your goodbyes and just on and on, it's, it's well put. I, and I'm not sure if... I feel this way because when I first heard this, I was in college. It reminds me of something that like college kids would enjoy more than someone who's an adult. You know, it, it like because it's got that stonerish feel, because it's so sentimental and like somewhat earnest, not cheesy earnest. I, it definitely feels like you're in love with somebody at a concert on ecstasy and she is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen because everything is the coolest thing you've ever seen. At least that's how I hear it. That's what I hear about ecstasy. So yes, then, yes. It's, yeah. Which is a great, I mean, I hear it's a great feeling, but, well, yeah, I mean, everything's amazing. I think, I think it is right. very out there, but it's also, like, I, I just feel like the words are so grounding. There, there is that element to it, but it's just, it's kind of an ideal way to think. For sure. I mean, it, it, it does have a very meditative quality in its optimism mm -hmm. and, you know, somewhat existential vibe that, that it's given off, for sure. What kind of takes it down that road, too, is when he starts talking about space and the sun and sun doesn't go down. Oh, yeah, that definitely doesn't. <laughs> it's hard because I, I can be cynical. I mean, I think I'm, a, I'm definitely a contrarian above all else. I mean, no, likewise. I know, I know you can't be like a contrarian. How could you possibly be a contrarian just like I am? It's like, we're different, Josh. <laughs> we're not the same. Anyway. Yeah, Jonathan, not as much he's, as you he's think. He's so much buddy. younger. It's true. I am. A, I'm much younger. I'm just a younger version of but you. Just be clear. Uh, you're relatively older with every passing day. Like, see, like I, I, think you, I think I'm with you, Josh. It feels, it's cool. And it definitely feels like some amazing stuff that happened in college. It's very aesthetically pleasing I mean, and, and all those things. But 
it feels like cotton candy. I mean, and I like cotton candy, but like, I don't know how good cotton candy is. And I'm just just diving kind of into the songwriting off that point. Like, I, and when I say it's like in college, it's like, like you said, Jonathan, if I had just eaten mushrooms with somebody and we were laying in a room in the dark and there was like some, <laughs> you know, glow in the dark phrases on the wall or something that were like upbeat or, you know, Kierkegaard shit. Because the best part of the song to me is the melody. I, I really do find the mm-hmm. melody just is beautiful. But I, if I listen to this song now and I really could take in the message, it would have to be a stripped down version where it's just accentuating the melody and I would be meditating. You know, I mean, it's just a different yes. feel. I could, can't take really the production of this one at this age too seriously. But see, I don't know if the song holds up without all that stuff. I don't know if it holds up just on do you realize da 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 I don't no, think it holds up. I think it does just with like the lyrics and the chord structure. It's just such a nice such a nice melody and it's it's I it's stripped down I think it would be great as well. I think it holds up for about 30 seconds. I mean just I mean no, but I say that because it mainly repeats. It's just a thing and then yeah, they just there is a lot of repetition. It. It's mostly and then they change mm-hmm. keys. But it's but it's not super long. So like it's not like the repetition can get a little annoying, but that also is if you're if you're doing that if you're thinking about this song in the two like areas that we're thinking about of meditative or on drugs, it's grounding. The repetition is meant to ground, I, I would assume. But I, I do think the melody holds up. Like if you play this on an acoustic guitar, sure the lyrics might become a little tired, but the melody does not. You think you can say it like they they probably say it fourteen times if I had to guess. I don't think you can say uh, this. I can four- count. I don't think you can say this fourteen times on acoustic guitar. I mean, you shorten it. My point is, there's there's something there. They only say it eight times. They say, "Do you realize eight times?" They say, "You realize another six. Uh, fourteen. That's, that's in that little part. So yeah, it's about like that. It's I about nailed, that. No, but it's do exactly you realize? 14. Eight plus six but, is exactly fourteen. But do you realize in the, when he says "you realize," there it, it's not the same like rep. I don't, I don't really find that the same like repetition. I guess I just like, thought, uh, I, it, it, realize the sun goes down. Oh yeah, well, that part is different. Yeah, to be fair, caused by the world. That that is my favorite part. Yes. Of, the, of the melody as well. That little it's just an illusion caused by the world. Spinning around, and, and mm-hmm. that's a really nice little got a nice flow to it. Let them know you realize that life goes fast. It's hard to make the good things last. You realize more so than you guys, I find some of the lyrics kind of cheesy, like like you're talking about young, like the you have the most beautiful face, but they're just countered by such just kind of honesty is what I really dig about it. I mean, I can, that that makes up for any of the other lyrics for me. Yeah, and I guess being somewhat of a cynical person, when I hear this much honesty, it's like, okay, give me a break. I must say, to your point, Josh, it's definitely still relevant for me. I mean, I, I'll always listen to the song. What's your favorite line? It's what they say after everyone you know someday will die. Just that instead of saying all of your goodbyes, let them know you realize that life goes fast, hard to make the good things last. And then how, how it goes into kind of your favorite part. Yeah, well, that's not my favorite line. My favorite yeah. line, I, I kind of like the, do you realize that you have the most beautiful face? I mean, it's just, it's sweet. It's what? What <laughs> is it? probably my favorite. It's sweet. You know, it's the, sweet. Do you realize? Yeah, it's sweet. You and you're, you're in the sweet? I can do sweet. Consider yourself sweet? I can, mm, not as much, no. Gotcha. I wouldn't, that would not be an adjective. If I was at a job interview and they said, Josh, 
give me four adjectives to describe you. Sweet would not be one of them. That's probably a good thing. You don't want to. I'm really sweet, first and foremost. I like to say that. Just right out of the gate, let's be clear. Um, that being said, I think my thing is this. I think it is very compelling for a moment. And then I, I just hear, for me, it feels like it's stretched like out. And, and, and I don't mean this as a bad thing. But this to me, this sounds like a like an awesome song that you'd hear like an Apple commercial or something where like for 30, oh, yeah. 45 seconds, you're in it. And you're like, man, because there's a couple songs like that that I've heard. And then I go to listen to it. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's definitely the best part yeah, of the song. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, actually, to that point, I think that's kind of what's happened to it. It's been in a bunch of commercials. Funny enough, there was a cover of it used on a Transformers movie commercial, which yeah. was hilarious. That is funny. Yeah, it's compelling, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's unassailable or anything. Just to the how the song was written, I think it's one of the best re- representations of kind of their best qualities as a band. Um, it's their most accessible song. It kind of boils down a lot of their brutally honest themes, you know, to one great point. It's, it's very much like a lot of their songs, but kind of the best version of them. Yeah, other but other than this album, I don't know them very well. But this song is, I would say this is the most memorable. Like when I listened to the album, I did remember a lot of the songs. And this is definitely the most memorable mm-hmm. of, of the ones on there. Is this a concept album? They say no. But it, it's it wasn't meant to be. I mean, the first four tracks are more about Yoshimi and this battle with the pink robots. But after that, I mean, it's it's a lot. Of, it's just a lot of their common themes of love and loss and but, honesty and mortality. <laughs> I think, and I try not to judge the song on this. I don't like all the stuff, all the antics and bullshit on stage. <laughs> That's just me though. All I, the stuff. I'm not. You don't like you don't it think, when they get in the bubbles. No, I, I don't like any other kind of shit in any in any <laughs> okay, band. Okay. Well, you like stuff. You just don't like the stuff. I don't like doing. all the. Yeah, the. It's like I'm here. I want someone to blow my mind with the music. Just like come out there. That's why I love Floyd. I mean, not no one's Floyd, of course. Yes, but I'm just saying. I like, hear you. Just sitting it's there. It's always a production, it. though. They just take it to another level. Yeah, um, I, that stuff distracts me. I don't. But, but that being said, I'm trying not to judge the song on it. But I do those things and. and and it's hard it's one of those things where you know i can still appreciate it but for context if we're gonna get into like just silly shit like that like i would definitely slant that's where i'll take fish <laughs> then like i know they are going to like rip into some stuff when they they can get yeah. after it which which i love that I, i've never seen them live but i would assume that when they play this song they're not like running around in bubbles on top of the crowd you know i mean this i assume they would let the music speak for itself yes in yes. something like this yeah, have, have I've, you seen I've, them live? Yes. Have you seen them live? A couple times. Yes, it's fantastic. I mean, they're they're there's antics, but they're still just up there rocking. I mean, yeah, once again, it's not a you know, everybody's everybody has like, their own thing. Like, yeah, I just wouldn't let that distract you. I mean, if the, if you just don't dig it, that's cool. Well, plus but, I don't dig the themes like all the pink robot. Yeah, that's one of their albums. They've been around since '83. You know, they. That's what everybody talks about. Yeah, no, but yeah. They, they've had a lot of good albums. So, I mean. Well, the reason I was gonna, the reason why I ask is because if this were a concept, and this is a song that moves dialogue or dialogue or or, or plot line along, then I could, I then I was gonna say in that context, the repetition, this and that, those kind of things, I could see them as like, oh, that's oh, that's cool if it, if, if it's part of a larger thing in well, and of itself. Yeah, th- well, so so just in terms of the album, and Neil, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but like. I would say the one line he says in, in the in the song that is very that is a core other than the production like all those little synthy stuff that they're doing like that are spacey and and kind of the spacey sound of the drums the 
the, the line do you realize we're floating out in space because on the album mm-hmm. if you listen to it that is what's going on yeah, yeah, yeah. in the album like he did there yes it, it, I, that's he's kind of floated away from you know all the chaos if you, when you listen to it it feels like a concept album it feels like one piece yeah but i think as far as they're concerned they they didn't want to label it a concept album they know it in some eyes it is but it's just some of their music that they put a common theme to well, speaking of them, like rocking out, Neil. What what, what is what is this band comprised of? I, I don't know. I mean, I know Wayne Coyne is the singer, but there's three guys in the band: Wayne Cohen, Stephen Drozd, and Michael Ivins. And they all do everything from drums to mixing, production, vocals. They oh, had nice. um, they had some other people on this album, obviously, do some things, but for the most part, those three guys make all this sound, which is really cool. Yeah, so what, like, musically, I, I don't really like the drum sound they have on this, and I'm not sure if that's production or playing, but just the sound of the drums. Yeah, I, I dig it. Um, there's kind of like, I mean, there's a lot of echo, it's very spacey, I get, you know, it's, it's going with the vibe of the, the album and stuff, but I just, Well, I, I don't know. I love the Flaming Lips drum style. It's not as apparent on this song, but it's always a lot of toms. Just like, doof, 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 doof. yes, you know, I, I, I think it works. I don't, I don't think it's the most interesting. It's no like John Bonham, but it's, you know, it's it's, it's staying out of the way. It's not like dominating the song. It just, I don't, I don't, that stuck out to me a couple times when I when I listened to it this week. That's they only use toms, I think, too, because they have the two kind of percussive guitar parts too. That are like there's two acoustic guitars and a bunch of instruments kind of providing a lot of percussion. Yeah, I, I do like that that little guitar riff that, you know, the don dum 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 I mean that's yeah, yeah. real nice and it, is, it, it really is. works well with the song and like especially when it comes in, it all, again, it's another like grounding. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of, of like a counter melody, which is cool. Yeah, because it kind of moves around, but it's always going bum 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 bum. bum. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite things about the song is the arrangement and the production and just how it sounds. I mean, it's mixed, it's very dynamic, lots of it's a a great arrangement, and they're making the best of a a cool idea and a cool theme to really build on it's very like it's very modern george harrison beatlesy yeah they use a lot of the same ideas and techniques songwriting wise in there the theme is very george oh i never thought about that and dude's always wearing the white suit and stuff just like harrison did at that concert for bangladesh i never thought about that yeah 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 he's always rocking that suit Oh yeah, every I've seen him three times. I knew there was a Beatles thing there, but specifically a George Harrison because he's always, you know, with is he's he, always is he wearing with the just optimism. a white suit or is he wearing a nudie? He's not. No, a, he's um, a white. that was that was like in the eighties, the nudie thing. Okay. He's he's been in a white suit for twenty years. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen? Have you guys seen that concert for Bangladesh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so good. But yeah, so it's it's of that ilk. See, I I don't for this song. I don't like all the spacey stuff they're doing. Like the synth, it, it yep. just it just gets in the way of the melody for me. Nah, 
I would be fine if the song just had the guitars and him singing. Although his vocal is is fine. I mean, it's like non-threatening. It's it, it works in the song, but <laughs> like, I, tell me, tell, who's been threatening you with their vocals, Josh? <laughs> like, talk, we should talk after the show. It's fine. Like, we don't talk on air, but like, you know, we, 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 don't let that happen. Who threatens me with their vocals? <laughs> let me see. Lady Gaga sometimes when I hear her songs. Well, I really do like all the production, the spacey stuff. I think it kind of lends itself to the epic nature of the lyrics and the song and the, the point as a whole. It's a nice bed for what he sings. I love how it comes in with the one, two, three, four, and then just boom, like all that sound just kind of hits you in the face, which is really nice. That is my least favorite part of the song. The intro? Oh, yeah. One, oh, I hate two, that. Three, is that is it the, is it the like, little start? It's kind of cool. Is that the motherfucker from the PlayStation? Is that the PlayStation actual device saying I that? I don't, I don't actual think so. Play? No, no. It no. sounds like a PlayStation. Definitely. I would put One, a lot of money. I, I don't know it, but I would um, put a lot of money that that's not. Jonathan, you don't think it's did you... Did you recognize just how when it starts out with those the two acoustic guitars, how like one of them, like just the strumming patterns seem really cool. That little bom, bom, kind of, bom, 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 no, how the, no, cool. there's two acoustics. Like one of them's just kicking a like solid strum, and then there's another one doing more like syncopated stuff. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's got a good arrangement. Any, it's it's a, I always like the juxtaposition of acoustic with electronicy, and now. Once again, not comparing, but like my favorite mm-hmm. version of that is Paranoid Android on OK Computer. Mm. Like that mix yeah. of acoustic with electric and space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that song's a little more threatening. <laughs> that song? Yeah. 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 What's well, going on in there is a little more threatening. It's definitely a little like, it's, yeah, I could say that you would be threatened <laughs> by Tom York. Um, and, um, <laughs> and I think that's a, musically. That's not what I meant. How dare you? I think it. I think it really. The song really needed it. Just kind of that almost um, bridge slash key change. That quick thing they do in the middle, and then they come back to the sea. Yeah, that works. That that that's a nice little change in the song to kind of get out of the repetition a little. Well, yeah, bit, and it, to, and it to, makes to, sense to, to take repeating the it because they're kind of just just changing it up a little bit. And when the drums come in, that's cool. When it comes into the backbeat, that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that whatever he's saying there, but like it's cool. Like it's well done, you know. For me, it, to me, they just it just kind of goes long on a, a theme. It's not that long, but I hear you. You're, you're out. Two minutes. You're done. You realize? Well, well, th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did. I realized that that's the most important part of the song, and here we are again. Um, well, here's here's what a lot of the the stuff like Jonathan, you say you like does for me. It makes it a little too existential. Like it. It's trying to like it almost give it some universal quality, self, right? It's it of, feels a little self consciously deep the, of the message. Yeah, it's almost too much. You know, I do like the message is fine and and the melody is great, but like when you add all this other stuff, it's like it's yeah. Just too but that much. was that. That's just what they do. That's their album. Yeah. That's their sound. You know, I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I don't think it hurts it. I'll put it that way. I mean, if you don't prefer it. But it definitely doesn't hurt it. Yeah, I don't even think it's the playing necessarily. Like I think all the parts work really well in the. In you the, just don't like song. that weird synth sound. That. It's just too spacey for it. It really is just too spacey for it. It makes me feel like. Space. Do you realize just, we're just floating in space? Space. <laughs> I, look, space. but I understand all of it. Like that fits within the like confines of the album. It basically takes this 
kind of sweet song with like a sweet message and like puts it in an astronaut suit. Yeah, I, I, I think just, that's cool. I agree. I'd rather, I'd rather I agree, not. and I think that's awesome. I'm fine. <laughs> Creative license, man. It it feels animated. Yeah, like the song feels like mm-hmm. animation, which is yeah, which is a, an achievement. It's cool. Yeah, but I. I don't like the, sure, but the, like but the message is more is is more about humanity and and. But it's stuff that whole it's stuff that whole dehumanizes. It's stuff that whole kind of. Japanese animation vibe. Everything about it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I can't stand that vibe. It's a big problem for me. <laughs> it's a big problem because I can't stand that. You don't like Japanese animation, it's Jonathan? Not my thing, it's you know? called Japanimation, yes. guys. That yeah, any of that stuff, you know, it's it, it, it's just kind of like. Neil's big into that. I'm in Pornhub. Japanime. <laughs> my. <laughs> But I'll, you know, I'll tip their hat musically to them. I think this is one of the few bands where we've talked about maybe that I'm like, just the theme is not really the way they're saying what they're saying is not really a way that's going to resonate with me. But it's they're still doing what they're doing well. And if it does resonate with you, it's definitely going to be your thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Neil, did they produce this song? Yes, uh, they have a producer. His name is Dave uh, Fridman. Um, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but that sounds right. Um, yeah, they they produce it, and he he does as well. He did uh, the soft bulletin. This he also did uh, that MGMT album, Oracular Spectacular. Yes. Yeah. So so I would say like other than the one two three four part, I, I'm not a huge fan of the production in the song. Hold on, do what? Other than the one two three four part. You don't like it? I thought you said that was. I mean, I'm you love Outside. the one two. I hate the ones other. I also hate like other okay. than Jesus, other than um, in addition to. In a, yes. <laughs> On the other hand, in, in addition to the one, two, three, four part, right? I'm not a, not a huge fan of the production of the song. I, I don't. I think it's it's a little. It's almost. A, I'm going to contradict myself. It's almost a little too spacey with a little too much going on at once. If that makes any sense. Right. It's like right. It's like cartoons. It's like you hear quasars and shit going on in the background. It's like Johnny Quest or something like quasars. that. Quasars. Exactly. Oh, it's no, like, man. I mean, I hear what you guys are saying. I just dig it. I mean, it sounds yeah, like a happy cool. Pink Floyd to me. Like in a you know in a major key or. That's what I'm saying. This is like animated. It's like animated space. It's not super duper serious it's just kind of con you know it's not like floyd's like an ass like deep thought like free yeah, totally. existentialism but but i think it's original i think what they're doing is really cool like it's a it's it's commendable like just i mean i, I wrote down that it was brilliant I, I really can't point to any one decision because there is so much going on that i really and i think it really does coalesce together well in a way i guess you could look at it as there's there's so much going on because there's so much going on in the universe. But you also are trying to find peace but within this universe. Also, rhythmically, there's a lot going on, which I like. There's no like guitar solos or like everything's doing a lot and a little at the same time. So as we uh, slide under the influence, what do you guys think influenced the band? They influenced. I mean, to me, it's anything. definitely directly like very George Harrison with a. With more modern production, and it's just very much of that that optimistic vibe, kind yeah. of two point ish, like for the new generation, which is cool. I mean, I like that vibe. I think they were influenced, like I just said, Floyd Bowie, kind of the space and cool acoustic nature of yeah. the song. 
Um, and maybe even a little like Talking Heads. Yeah, yeah. Electronic music, just in general, like I think a lot of the stuff they're doing, it speaks to that a little bit. It's um, got some some flavor. I don't really think of this. I don't really think about electronic music when I listen to this, though. Yeah, I hear you. Something like this, and maybe not this song specifically, but the the album its own would have definitely influenced a band like, say, The Voids, which I know you know, Neil. It's the lead singer of The Strokes. Mm-hmm. kind of side project yeah, certainly and even even i mean that's pretty recent but also the lemon twigs maybe they have some interesting stuff that's yeah and i think somewhat reminiscent of, of the flaming lips i think you could definitely hear it on what i just said the same guy produced mgmt sound oh yeah sounds a sure. lot like this yeah. um and i think just even in some ways tame impala beck is influenced by them like uh with this album they were um beck's backing band for a whole tour and there's like there's versions of Beck singing this song which is pretty cool uh, he, he would sound good singing this mm-hmm. I may prefer Beck singing this actually yeah there's a lot of live versions um, they're pretty good I de- he definitely puts his own Beck spin on it that's for sure I definitely want to hear the Bee Gees doing it now after watching the documentary <laughs> that could be nasty yeah yeah that'd be pretty hilarious <laughs> on that key change that'd be getting rough yeah <laughs> <laughs> Do your um, the, <laughs> that was close. That was close. <laughs> we, we can we can go ahead and slide under the covers now. I guess that's en- that's enough influences for the Flaming Lips. Speaking of um, a song we've done, Sharon Van Etten. Did you guys listen to her version? I didn't. I didn't find hers. I saw that she covered it, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't listen to it. It's on it Spotify. Again. Yeah, it's fine. There's nothing special about it. It's just more haunting, as you would assume. Yeah, Father um, John Misty did a version online in the, for the AV Club. Yeah, it sounds about like you would expect. It's cool. Oh, I like it. the The one you mentioned earlier, Neil, about from the uh, Transformers, it was by some <laughs> band called Ursine Vulpine. Vulpine. It's basically just like all piano and really synth synth heavy vocals. Well, yeah, it sounds like robotic. Like uh, the vocals sound like machinery, so that's why they yeah. use it. I'm sure, but. But Jonathan, here's why I say I really love the the melody is because the there, there's two other ones that I listen to the Vitamin String Quartet, which is just mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. string music yeah. like with no yeah, vocals. Yeah, that's, that's, that's and great. I, and it sounds great. And then there was a, a cover by Rockabye Baby, which is just like a xylophone for like children to listen to, and it really huh. translates well <laughs> as a kid's tune. Oh, cool, that, cool. The melody is yeah, very sweet. Yeah, yeah you know? it is. It's very sweet and childlike um, when you get down to like that bass melody. Yeah, and speaking of very sweet, one of my favorite covers was, um, it's only a live kind of almost phone version, but it's Casey Musgraves doing it at Bonnaroo in 2019. Ooh. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty cool. She's, I mean, she's, she's got, yeah, she's very, got a sweet voice and her singing this sweet, sweet song, <laughs> but it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jonathan, I assume you'd listen to no covers. <laughs> I'd listen to no covers. I was thinking that who else they remind me of this, I feel like would have been influenced and of the same, <laughs> is that um, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Yes, yes, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's true. that kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's... I just don't like silly with music. I mean, unless it's Porky Pig, you know, that's cool. Yeah, but they're not silly. For me, it feels... Like it feels flipped. Yeah. It feels... What's the word? But they're, they're all their... I'm not even saying the content of the song, but it's, their whole vibe is definitely just kind of like... I mean, it's cartoons. And- yes, but it's silly, but super serious at the same time. That's the fun. If you listen to enough of it, you kind of get what they're going for. 
and they put it in a really cool way. Like it is silly, but a lot of their songs have profound kind of yeah, parts yeah, or lyrics in them. Their whole vibe is more we're gonna have fun amidst all the chaos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's know. a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you like that one, Tony? And I think the cool thing is, is it's this song specifically. I know Wayne said he thinks this is the best song they've ever written. Um, it just really does wrap up their whole vibe. Even you know, if you ever see them in interviews or anything like that, they very much are these people. They are silly and serious and honest, and you know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big theme. I, th- I think for me, anytime someone starts getting to this theme, it's thin ice because it's very easy to yeah. to sound to say deep sounding things. And so and that, and look, I'm just saying that I, yeah. I, that's a, I'm going to say it's a big, it's like trying to, I'm not saying it's like trying to write the great American novel, but it's a big undertaking and it's very, not many people navigate these waters for me. Well, well so yeah, I'm saying that. I, that it, yeah, no, that's a, it's a giant. Put to, yeah, it's, it's a it's, tough it's, one. It's an, in, it's an infinite pool to jump into. Uh, but I would say, I would it's say less silly pool? and more. <laughs> it's an infinity pool. Nice. It sounds yes. like, that's what this sounds like to me. An infinity pool. <laughs> Not really so much about infinity or space. If I'm like you're diving into an infinity pool and you're high and you're having fun and you want to bang some chick that night, it's really it's like that. And that's not a bad thing. Nah, that's yeah, not yeah. a bad thing. No, that's I mean, not a bad thing. I, it's a I, little. It's because it's playful. I wouldn't say silly. I would say playful. It feels childlike. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There's some certainly. of that in it. And I think these guys just meant a lot. Like I've always been all in on the lips. So yes, I definitely. And Neil. It's good to know that you're all in on the lips, uh, so I assume the shoe fits. I do not like the sound um, of that. Actually, no, the shoe does not fit. I think this song is best enjoyed barefoot. Ah. <laughs> the, the, the infinity of nothingness fits around your foot. <laughs> well, Josh, would you say the shoe fits? I, I mean, it fits like a space boot. Space right, boot. I was thinking about that. A casual Casual space boot. A chuck. A casual, casual space boot. Yeah. Casual, <laughs> space boot. <laughs> casual space boot. Sounds comfy. Um, yeah, for me, I think it's a, it's it's one of those. It's kind of cool that other folks wear these shoes, and I think it's cool to appreciate from a distance. I think it's. I like the variety it adds to the world, but yep, yeah, it's yep. not really. It's not exactly my style of shoe. I do realize that everyone doesn't realize everything at the same point in their lives <laughs> you do you do realize right so i, I do realize and a different a, a bigger point than the one he's making that being said oh, um w- no which is everybody comes to realizations in their own time and i can appreciate the fact that even if these are things that for me i had stumbled upon a couple decades ago before you b- before they were able to tell you about well, it. Uh, yeah exactly whatever <laughs> all right and on that note we are going to dive further into the lips and play a cover of The Flaming Lips, 2002. Maybe hit, but well-known song, Do You Realize? With two question marks. One, two, three, four.
Let them know you realize that life goes fast. It's hard to make the good things last. You realize the sun doesn't go down. It's just an illusion caused by the world spinning round. Do you Just an illusion caused by the world spinning round. Do cover you just heard was performed by Neil Marsh and Mike Freeman. Don't forget to check out his new single, Full Throttle. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to You. Please subscribe and rate on Apple and Spotify or wherever you may listen. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Pod Gave Rock. Next week is Josh's week. So, Josh, what will we be discussing? We will be discussing the Five Royales and more famously, the Mamas and the Papas, dedicated to the one I love. Damn way! <laughs>